Temple Talks Malta. Episode 18, Temple Talks to Damon Camilleri Allen, co-founder of Exclusively Malta. This podcast is produced and hosted by the Temple Magazine team. I'm Mark Mason. And I'm Susanna Hornby. Welcome back to another Temple Talks Malta. This is episode 18 and we are really pleased to be able to speaking to Damon today from Exclusively Malta. Hi Damon. Hi, how are you? Yeah, we're fine, thank you very much. But how are you? Not too bad, uh, considering the times, but uh, working, we're making the best of it, being closer mm. to the family, mm. uh, building relationships, and uh, keeping good spirits. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's difficult for us all, and it's particularly harsh on our poor travel industry at the moment, so we're trying to work with all of you as closely as we can. Take us back with Exclusively Malta. I mean, we've known you for, for several years now, but when, when did it all begin? Well, I guess you have to pinpoint... Uh, our connection to Malta, because obviously with my accent, it doesn't sound quite Maltese. And even if I were to speak Maltese, and I know probably about 20, 30%, you definitely have my relatives uh, chiming in to say uh, the accent isn't quite right. But my my family actually left Malta. My mother was born in Malta, mm-hmm. and they left uh, around 1948, 49 for a better life. Right. They ended up settling in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, mm-hmm. where my nun knew worked in the steel industry. Right. Okay. The, and the family ended up uh, following. Uh, they sailed on a boat from Valletta to Naples to New York. And then by train to Hamilton, I only found that out through Ancestry.com. And that was really interesting to find the original documents yeah, uh, yeah. for the shipboarding. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, years later, of course, I grew up in uh, in Canada with my brother. His name is Jason. Yeah. Started a travel uh, agency in uh, 1989. So we've been pretty much in travel for a long time, although I didn't join the business until 2009. And my brother uh, just a year after that. And the business at the time really was focused on motor coach tourism in, in North America. Right. So the larger coaches, 35 to 54 people on and the retiree market, we were looking to transform not only our company, but our impact on the industry. And, mm. and of course, the connections that we have to Malta. So mm. just a couple of years later, we started small group travel. And that's kind of what kicked off exclusively Malta. Right, okay. And today, most of our clients, uh, at least 90% of our business is luxury clients. Incoming to Malta, inbound. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Where, are you, where are your clients coming from, Damon? Well, when we when we started exclusively Malta, we honed in on the North American market. Mm-hmm. And that's still where most of our efforts are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we would say 80% of our clients come from North America. Question is why? We, we know that North Americans are uh, hungry for cultures. It was a no-brainer. In fact, I guess I'm aware we're lucky in a way to be North American Maltese because uh, we came into Malta, obviously not being born there, but being culture culture hungry. So seeing things mm. very, very fresh. Mm. And we knew that we could translate that very easily mm. to the North American market. Mm. Since the other 20% is across of Europe, we've got uh, clients from Russia as well, India, really uh, from a lot of parts of the world now. Yeah. What brought you back to Malta? Oh, uh, business, really. Yeah. Uh, people always think it's a girl. Like, <laughs> that, that, you, know, you know what they say? Oh, what brought you here? Oh, it was a girl. <laughs> well, uh, not originally anyway, but uh, it was really truly for business. We were operating exclusively Malta for a couple of years uh, from mm-hmm. Canada mm-hmm. and, you know, direct relationships with uh, North American agencies. But we just felt that it was better to have me on the ground, not only for being on time zone, but operations, client services. Yeah. We have a very uh, high level of service in our business. And 
And I mean, if you if you really want to be serious about selling Malta, you need to be there. So mm. uh, I relocated. We have a team in Malta as well as in uh, Canada and a rep team in the United States. So that's uh, that's essentially the reason why. And mm-hmm. I get that question all the time, and and it's <laughs> uh, it's still it's still the same. It's for business. Yeah. But I, but I of course I love Malta. Yeah. Uh, I'm Maltese. I'm a passport holder. Uh, we have, oh my God, my family is so large in Malta. Uh, <laughs> I, I haven't even met all of my family members. I end up meeting family members by accident sometimes. <laughs> I remember being at uh, a concert for the prime minister years ago. Mm-hmm. It was uh, Gurgenti Under the Stars, I believe that was called. Oh yeah. And I was sitting in uh, the first couple of rows and there was an amazing tenor singing. And I'm always writing notes. I'm always walking around Malta, writing notes and seeing things that you know I haven't seen before. And mm. I really enjoyed his voice. And I thought, you know, I'd love to hire him for some private recitals for clients. Mm. Later on in that evening, I, I find my great aunt, who's a nun, who's a sister in Tarshin. She says, what are you doing here? And I'm thinking, what are you doing here? This is way <laughs> past your bedtime. And she says, I'm here to see your cousin sing. And so that was how I met one of my cousins. Oh, so my it's, it's amazing. Yeah. We, we know Walt is so small, mm. you know, we we have a saying, if if we don't know something, we say, I have a cousin. Yeah. <laughs> That's the standard response. <laughs> yeah. When did you arrive here? Oh, uh, four... Uh, about four or four and a half years ago now. Right. Okay. So that's when you set up fully as a business here. Yeah, America. fully. Exactly. Fully as nation management company. Been, it's great. It's been great ever mm. since. Times are a little bit different at the moment. Very, in fact. So how are you spending your time? Well, interestingly and not twiddling my fingers, there's actually always a lot of work to do. Mm. And work is just different. We we get a question all the time, what is your busy season? And I said, I'm busy all year. Mm. But obviously our clients more often than not are coming in bulk mm. uh, around the springtime and fall time because it just that's just the trend. Mm. Uh, although we, we try to get them to come uh, in some of the off season. But uh, I consider the time that we're spending now similar to the time that we spend in January, mm. where we don't have many clients in Malta. So there's a lot of project building. Aside from the quote-unquote January work, we're also engaging a lot with our partners. So mm. that means the agencies around the world. Mm. I had actually just come back from uh, Moscow uh, before all this broke out and borders shut. Mm. So it's a lot of relationship building. Obviously, everybody's on the Zoom meetings or, mm. you know, umpteen meetings, but it's all about the relationship building out of this time. Mm. Our industry in luxury travel, it's quite large, but it's very small. It's like a community. Mm. So you build these trust relationships. And that's that's one of the biggest things, a uh, big plus for our company is that uh, we've spent a lot of time on relationships. And mm. and it's not it's not about the sell right now. It's, all, it's about the empathy. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody's going through the same thing. And it's not just travel. You know, everybody's being affected. So we're very uh, aware of that, Mm. Um, you know, and and nobody knows exactly when this is going to come back. And Mm. I think for luxury travel, it'll probably be one of the first sectors to rebound. Mm. Uh, We know that uh, we're not in crisis mode. Uh, We're constantly working. We're Mm -hmm. building new projects, building on relationships that we have. So it's Mm. it's definitely time well used. Yeah. No, I was going to say that. I think it's uh, um, albeit a dreadful time. But on a positive note, it's given us so much more opportunity to talk properly to people because 
we spend our lives in, at, at such a pace, it feels we've been able to slow down and cement relationships. Yeah, and it makes the world so much smaller. Uh, mm. And that's beautiful. And you take uh, Malta as a microcosm of that. Mm. You know, we, we say that Malta is small and, and we know a lot of people. This is bringing people even even closer mm. together. You talk about your relationships and I, we know what you do as, as a business here in Malta. But just briefly explain what you do as exclusively Malta here on the islands. Sure. Uh, so we're known again as a destination management company. Mm -hmm. We essentially uh, take care of all of client needs once they arrive in Malta. So that means uh, even it could even mean a private jet. Mm -hmm. uh, we take care of their transportation, hotel, guiding experiences, all service. We are their go-to for when they're in Malta. Mm -hmm. uh, most of them are coming here for leisure. Some come for business and leisure. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're able to assist them with every aspect of their stay mm. uh, to make it a very, uh, well, uh, an amazing experience. I think a follow-up question would be, well, why do people come to Malta? Mm. And uh, for us, for all of our clients that come in, it's about the culture. Yeah, And it's, you know, they hear about Malta and their eyebrows go up and you know, they hear about these temples, mm -hmm. uh, they hear about this, the Knights of St. John, and they're like, wow, why, we, why, why have we never heard of this island before? We'd mm -hmm. love to come. So we have a lot of clients come in just for that reason, mm -hmm. and they're completely bowled over by not only what they, uh, they see, but their experience is at a, a completely different level. And so that's where we take them. It's about the personal relationships. It's telling the story of the Knights of St. John, uh, about World War II, mm -hmm. about St. Paul about mm. the temples mm. in a very intimate type of way yeah. so that it's you take you know the touristic element out of it and it's all about the personal direct mm. relationships that yeah. people can have with the locals that tell the story yeah. and i think that's when when we define luxury travel a lot of people think it's about the price tag and about the glitz and glam mm. and it usually has some to do with that because you know okay it might be a mercedes e-class over a peugeot mm -hmm. uh, or you know, the five star, the best room at the hotel or over something else. But at the end of the day, it comes down to the authenticity of their experience. Mm. Uh, authenticity equals luxury. Yeah. And it's about things that aren't you know, explored or the rare or the exclusive. That's what it comes down to. Mm. That's really the, the backbone of our business. Yeah. And Damon, you are also, uh, you have quite a penchant for the food and wine here in Malta. Again, that becomes very much part of uh, the experience that you guys offer. Oh, for sure. And we're excited that uh, now uh, Malta is uh, recognized by the Michelin Guide with mm. our three uh, one-star Michelin restaurants. Uh, of course, we've dined in them forever and we have our own private list of restaurants that, that mm. we recommend. Mm. And that's exciting. So we, we love that aspect. Uh, we also take people out into the country. Uh, we have uh, private chefs that we work with mm -hmm. that have worked in some of the top restaurants uh, around the world uh, to bring in experience, you know, that restaurant type of experience with a local flair out in the countryside or in an olive grove. Uh, food is a very important part of uh, telling the history of Malta, for sure. Yeah. And if I'm thinking about coming to Malta, whether I'm a small group or, or just myself and my family, I'm unaware of the accommodation that we offer here as an island. I mean, of course, I know myself, but there is such a broad range of luxury accommodation here. Well, I, I hope I don't tick anybody off <laughs> by saying this, but but it's all about being authentic and, and uh, really, I think Malta is going to go through a lot of different change, not only just because of what we're going through right now, but mm -hmm. the change that it's needed to go through 
to be identified as a destination for luxury clients. Mm. One of them being the star rating of hotels. So there are definitely many fine hotels. Mm. However, the rating system that is used to attribute those stars it needs some work. Mm. Uh, we've seen a lot of great things happen in Malta. Uh, the refurbishment of the hotels, mm. uh, the boutique hotels in Valletta are lovely. Mm. You know, new management at some of the hotels. Uh, the new hotel is still to open. We're really excited about Iniala because yeah. it's very much aligned to our brand. Yeah. And we've been working with them, even though it's not open yet. We're still looking at mid this year. Mm. We've been working with them for probably three years. We've been a monkey on their back because uh, <laughs> they're going to be a go to uh, property for booking some of our uh, for some of our top clients. But there are so many properties. Mm. The key for us in, you know, when we talk about accommodations and we have these conversations every day, it's not about what's your bus hotel. It's what's your best hotel and what's the best room in that hotel mm. for the client's needs. Mm. So it's the needs, the personality. Mm. Do they want to be fully connected to culture? Do they want more seaside? So we have to always drill it down mm. uh, for clients and, and advisors so that when they walk into the hotel or walk into that room, they, we know that we got it just right for them. Mm. And I think your clients can feel particularly secure and well looked after because you personally look after them. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I will greet most of the clients myself personally mm -hmm. at the airport. Uh, so I'll ensure that they're checked into the hotel, communicating back to their travel advisor should the, they have gone through the travel advisor. Mm -hmm. And I, over 80%, actually over 90% of our business are through luxury travel advisors. Mm -hmm. So they... They offer another filter, knowing a lot about their client. So I can personally assess uh, the client at the airport at check-in and then communicate that back through the guide to the driver and also all of the experience providers mm. so that they fully understand this is not a cut and paste experience and never is. Mm. This is the information you need to know about the clients mm. and the way in which you should service them. So mm -hmm. it's been great. Uh, the greatest challenge and the greatest reward is uh, is building the relationships mm -hmm. and gaining the loyalty yeah. uh, through everyone we work with so that mm. it's all about family, it's all about friendship, and it's all about trust yeah. uh, so that uh, we know the clients are well taken care of throughout their experience at all touch points, mm -hmm. and then we can translate it back to the travel advisor. Yeah. So it's it's been a home run. It's it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, you, when we first started in Malta and we were talking about luxury travel, even to some of the hotels, they're like, is Malta a luxury destination? And I just sort of laugh. Mm -hmm. it's, it, and it's because I have some worldly experience and I come in, I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah. I try to go for long walks and I'll drive and go around villages. You know, I'll make notes as I walk mm. because there's something new I notice and I want to know more about that because yeah. chances are there's a story to be told there. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, your passion is just overflowing, Damon, and it makes me feel excited for as soon as we can get back and, and running again. When are we going to get back to it, Damon? When do you foresee things turn, returning to some sort of normality? Normality, that's a big question mark. I think we'll start seeing things come in around uh, what we call festive season, around uh, Christmas time, uh, New Year's, mm -hmm. but I, it's not just about Malta. Mm. Malta re will recover a lot faster than some other nations. Mm. Just because Malta will recover doesn't mean that people are going to come. It's, it has to be that sense of safety, security mm. uh, worldwide. Yeah. Now, in terms of luxury travelers and even corporate, some of them will be flying on in private jets. I, I would make a prediction that more people will use private jets mm. because in that way they know they can travel. They have more control over their travel. Yeah. But for 
uh, I mean, we're, we're hopeful for late fall. Mm. Um, if everything goes right, if we don't see another resurgence, mm-hmm. you know, late, early, no, uh, early winter, uh, of this virus, mm-hmm. uh, then, you know, we'll get better, but, uh, we're, we're very hopeful. Uh, we're looking forward, uh, to later this year and early next year. Uh, we'll see what happens. We still have bookings on, on the books. Yeah. We've moved the bookings from spring to late fall already. Mm-hmm. So we have a certain amount of confidence, yeah. uh, but, uh, that, that is an interesting question. Yeah. This is a blessing, uh, for the tourism industry and, uh, specifically Malta mm. because it allows us to look within, uh, as a tourist destination, because mm-hmm. when I travel the world, whether I'm in, uh, Barcelona or Moscow and I ask, it's not about me telling them. I say, uh, what is your impression of Malta? Mm-hmm. Give me everything. Give me the, the plus and negatives. I want to hear it all so mm-hmm. that I, I, I hear it. I understand. Mm-hmm. It's that as Malta tourism would say, we're at another watershed moment. And that mm-hmm. was even before this whole uh, outbreak, uh, this pandemic. So mm-hmm. it's ripe time for us to look within and truly look at the quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. You know, look at the authenticity, look at you know, what defines us as a top cultural destination. Mm. This is what we need to use this time for. Mm. And I'm saying it, but I truly know that there's going to be some great discussions that come out of this yeah. uh, because, you know, it's not just us. I have three to four other DMCs. We're on a call together. We're competitors. Mm. There's other hotels that are competitors. We're going to be on the same call mm. and some luxury uh, experience providers. Mm. We're on a, we're on a call mm. uh, to discuss this and work together uh, with MTA and advising because, you know, we see it and we've seen it for years, yeah. but this is a great time that we can, you know, pull up our socks and uh, do good for uh, not only the visitors, but uh, all the Maltese living in Malta. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. Damon, cultural identity, it's so key as it relates to luxury travel. What's your feeling on that? <laughs> if a luxury traveler, if any traveler, mm. no, I'll say, because it, it's not exclusive to luxury travel, mm. or let's say when I travel, yeah. I'm not necessarily a luxury traveler, but when I'm going to a destination, I want to know that I'm in that destination. Mm. I want to know uh, when I look out my window from the hotel that I'm somewhere different. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to be able to feel it as I'm walking down the streets. I want to be able to feel, see, and taste it when I go to the restaurants mm-hmm. uh, and, or other parts of the island. Mm. So cultural identity is really key for not only uh, Malta, but every destination. I think that's really what uh, we'll see Malta go. Cultural uh, authenticity is really important for Malta because uh, we're a small island and it's easy to to let things get ahead of ourselves. Mm. We have to focus on uh, presenting Malta in the best cultural light. So that includes the restaurants and includes the hotels, includes all service providers. Mm. And it's not just, you know, one person doing this or that. It's really everybody getting on board through all great coll- collaborative efforts. Mm. And that has been a, such a word that everybody's been using recently is collaboration on a major scale. Uh, absolutely. It's uh, it, it can't happen without that. No. And uh, it's getting everybody, everybody with a vested interest together to ensure that, you know, that playbook is uh, mm. uh, seen through. Damon, thank you so much for spending some time with us. It's been um, enlightening talking to you. You know your business. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much for the 
great opportunity. Well, it's a pleasure. And we'll speak very soon because uh, as soon as we get back to work, we'll start working together again. (laughs) You got it. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Damon. Bye. To get in touch with Damon, visit his website, exclusivelymalta.com. You've been listening to the Temple Magazine podcast. Find us on Facebook or visit us at templemagazines.com. And here's our disclaimer. Temple Magazine will not be held responsible for any omissions or errors in its podcasts. Temple's podcasts are produced purely for entertainment purposes. Views and opinions are that of our own or that of our guests. Thank you to Airport Impressions for the use of their song Berlin as used at the beginning of this podcast.